Welcome to the Air Health, Our Health podcast. I'm Erica, a lung and ICU doctor. Every day in my ICU and clinic, I see patients who are there from breathing unhealthy air. And I started Air Health, Our Health to focus more upstream on the importance of healthy air for healthy people and healthy economies. Thanks for joining me. Today I am joined by Curtis Kood, who works as an environmental surveillance unit manager in the public health division at the Oregon Health Authority working to keep us safe from everything from algae blooms to radon, which is what we are here to talk about today. Welcome. Thank you. So what can you tell me about the health risks of radon? Well, first of all, radon is a radioactive gas found in soil and rock. You can't see, smell, or taste it. And radon is it's dangerous to human health because it can cause lung cancer and is thought to be responsible for over 13% of lung cancer deaths. Um, radon gas moves up through the soil and can be drawn into your home. Once inside, radon becomes trapped and can build up to unsafe levels. As you inhale radon gas, small particles get trapped in your lungs and release tiny bursts of energy, radiation, uh, called alpha particles. These damage your lung tissue and can lead to lung cancer over time. Now, we know that lung cancer is the number one cancer killer in the United States. And the National Cancer Institute found that while nine in 10 people diagnosed with skin cancer live at least five years after diagnosis, only one in six people diagnosed with lung cancer are still alive five years after diagnosis. And one reason that lung cancer is so deadly is that it's hard to find in its early stages. Symptoms usually do not appear until the cancer has spread to other parts of the body. Absolutely. I'm sadly familiar. Hmm. I think you mentioned um, the link with the radon and lung cancer. Is there a synergy if people also smoke, which is what we're more familiar with as a lung cancer risk? Oh, yes. Thanks for asking. Right. Only only smoking causes more lung cancer deaths than radon. Uh, and, and you're right. If you smoke and your home has high radon levels, your risk of lung cancer is especially high. And that's due in part to the fact that as you're um, I- inhaling the, uh, the toxins um, from cigarette smoke, you're also drawing deeply in those radon uh, decay particles into your lungs and um, gives that them even more opportunity to cause damage. And I imagine if you're a child growing up in a house that has both radon and apparent smoking, your lifetime risk would be particularly high. I, yes, I would imagine so. How does the Oregon Health Authority work to keep the public safe from radon? We uh, pr- provide outreach and education uh, to people in Oregon. Um, we uh, work with our partners at the Northwest uh, Radon Coalition to put on an annual event um, called the Northwest Radon Forum. And that happens during January, which is also National Radon Action Month. Um, and, and that's the time of year when we typically ask people to test their homes um, when their, their homes are closed up. And uh, we and our partners during that time uh, try, and, try and encourage people to take the first step uh, of, of, to prevent lung cancer from radon. And that first step is to test your home. 
Uh, and then throughout the year, we do um, we do make uh, test kits available to people in areas where we have little information about radon levels. How did you get interested in working on radon? Well, I've been working in environmental public health for about 13 years and had been working around radon uh, when and, and I had tested my first home and found fortunately low levels of radon. Um, I moved and tested that home and again, found low levels of radon. Um, and then a few years later, um, I did a house improvement, home improvement project where uh, we tightened up, we um, sealed off the drafty parts of the house, added new windows, and tested again, and lo and behold, um, now I had high radon levels. And so I had to take steps to actually fix the home. And then I uh, got the opportunity to actually direct the radon awareness program. And um, uh, that, that, that's been a great opportunity for me to provide my own personal experience, at least with um, testing and, and treating homes for radon. And um, I, I must say over the, over the past several years, it's been a rewarding experience to reach out to people uh, about radon awareness. I'm glad you touched on that because the amount of myths I hear in my lung office from patients saying, oh, well, I can't have high radon. My house is very tightly sealed or I don't have high radon. I have a really new house or I'm sure someone would have tested for it and let me know. I think there's this um, you know, wealth of misunderstanding about, you know, how radon actually works and how um, it can affect our health, even when we have no idea. That is so true, Dr. Mosen. And to add to those myths, um, you know, someone might say, well, my neighbor tested and their home was low, so mine's got to be low too. And, um, you know, I, I've got to say one of the, you know, people want to know about radon in their own communities. And we do make um, information available about um, uh, radon levels at the zip code level. Um, and that's a, that's a good way to raise awareness. But uh, regardless of how high or low the average radon is in your community, you never really know what the level is in your home until you test. And the reason I say that is because the radon level in your home depends on what's directly under the ground, under your home. Uh, and um, there, there could be a big chunk of, of rock that happens to um, be emitting this radon. It depends on the type of soil below your home. It depends on the type of foundation that you have um, and also depends on how many cracks or penetrations you have into the foundation uh, and there are many other factors that just come down to um, that that specific place so uh, regardless about what you have heard about your community or what someone said they had tested um, in your home prior uh, you really don't know until you test and that's even true um, when uh, you do test and fix your home for radon um, uh, that you every you, you do periodically want to retest your home so you make sure that you understand um, how how your home is responding to that treatment. 
A lot of people tell me that because they live in an apartment building, they don't have to worry about radon. Is there a certain height of floor where you no longer have to worry? Um, you know, not, not necessarily. And again, it really depends on the building and you could have, um, a HVAC system in your building that could um, introduce radon into higher levels of a building. Now, when, when we talk about testing, um, schools or multi-user dwellings, apartment buildings, condominiums, we really focus on those living spaces that are in contact with the ground. So, you know, you could live on the side of a hill and um, you, that, you know, you, you might have the third floor could be in contact with the ground in some places. So, uh, you know, uh, th that's one thing to consider. We also um, recommend that higher levels, 10% uh, of the rooms uh, in the floors that are above contact um, with the ground are also tested just so that we can be sure that there isn't um, any sort of a, you know, an, an odd situation that could lead to high radon levels in the upper floors of a building. And so for private landlords, are those recommendations or are they required to be able to rent to, to tenants? In Oregon, there are no requirements um, related to testing homes or apartments. Um, uh, I, I, but I will say that the U.S. Um, Department of Housing and Urban Development, uh, they, they do have policy guidelines um, of, of which I'm not a, a great expert uh, and uh, we'd have to um, uh, answer that question at another time. Okay. In Oregon, are schools and public buildings generally tested for radon? Well, there there is a requirement in Oregon to test schools for radon. And um, uh, there is, I'll, I'll come back to that in just a moment. There's also a requirement to install uh, radon resistance new construction in new residential and public buildings in um, seven counties throughout throughout Oregon. Um, with that with that installation of radon resistance, it's it's a passive resistance. There's no requirement at this time to test um, uh, following that installation of of that radon resistance. Now with the schools, uh, they are required, uh, all schools and school districts are required to complete testing of their buildings by the end of this year. And to make that data, uh, that information available to their, um, their staff and their communities. And then uh, they are required to test every 10 years afterwards. Are they required to mitigate it if the levels are unsafe? There is no requirement uh, for them to mitigate if the levels aren't safe. Um, however, that, that is our recommendation. Well, what do you mean by radon resistance? How does someone make a building radon resistant? Um, uh, most of the times, and, and I'm not, th this is an area that's a bit outside of my expertise. Uh, however, um, that would be putting in um, uh, uh, sometimes it's, uh, putting in a layer of of poly um, and maybe some piping um, and 
basically installing most of a mitigation system except for the radon pump itself just so that uh, it's ready for installation, uh, a fan installation later on if uh, testing shows that the levels are, are high. Now, um, I'll just go back to that and saying that um, because there is no testing that's, that's required um, uh, after that installation, people might have a false sense of security that because they have this passive system that they're protected from radon. And again, it comes down to, you don't really know um, about radon levels in your home until you test. Absolutely, we bought a new home um, that came with a passive system. And then when we tested, um, we had one borderline level and one level that was high. So we had to have someone come install the fan. And it took a lot of learning and technical, you know, challenges, I have to say, even as someone who's a lung doctor you know it was not completely intuitive which is partly what made me interested in this as well so how does radon mitigation work well um i can speak as i mentioned before from my my personal experience um typically uh the the way radon is removed from a home is through subsurface or sub slab depressurization and what that really means is um, a mitigation professional will come in and, and they will basically make a hole in the, um, the bottom of your basement or in your crawl space and hopefully as close to the center of the house as they can get. Uh, they'll sink a, a, a plastic pipe, a poly pipe down below your foundation. Um, and uh, with, with some, that, that pipe will have some perforations. They will run, they'll route that pipe through your house and um, then typically it will go, it'll go either out the, up the side of your house or up through your house. In my case, it went up along a wall and out through the attic. <clears throat> and um, in, in that system, uh, the, they will install a fan that continuously runs. Now what that fan is doing is it's drawing vapor from below your home. And that vapor, which would include uh, radon or other gases potentially, um, could be drawn up through your, your house. And instead of it permeating through your, your floor, um, now it'll be going through this pipe and out the, um, uh, out, out the pipe at the top of your house. One of the things that's interesting to think about is, you know, all that sounds like it's fairly expensive. And so I've definitely had patients tell me that they might have even taken the steps to test their home, but now they're facing, you know, hundreds of dollars to consider putting this pipe in. Are there programs that the state has to help people offset those costs? No, there are not. That's a, that's a really great point. Um, it would be it would be very helpful if there there was funding available to um, help with uh, residents in Oregon with that cost. Now, um, I, I will say that uh, you're right. The first of all, the testing itself um, uh, that can be done. Uh, as I mentioned before, um, uh, people can come uh, to our website. And if they live in a qualifying zip code, then they can get a test kit from us for free. 
Um, we also know that the Oregon chapter of the American Lung Association provides tests for around $15 from their website. You can also pick test kits up yourself from um, a hardware store or from on online. Uh, if if uh, you need a really quick result, if you're trying to sell your home, uh, you can contact a certified radon testing professional, and um, that'll cost um, $150, $200 or so to uh, turn around some results in a couple of days. Now, the mitigation itself, Again, we recommend that people work with certified radon mitigation professionals. And um, uh, I can say the cost for that is in the neighborhood of $2,000 plus or minus a few hundred. Um, so, you know, that's, that's in the ballpark of other home repairs. Um, but, but all that said, you're, you're absolutely right that for some people that is a huge barrier and um, it, would be, it would be great if uh, either directly through the state or through um, you know, health organizations uh, that, that we could write a prescription, if you will, for uh, rating systems. But I'm not aware of anything that's available at this point in time. Well, one thing I'm focusing a lot on with Air Health, Our Health, is the cost of breathing unhealthy air, which I think we all forget about. But the cost of each additional lung cancer case is astronomical if we think of that falling on our, you know, Medicare or Medicaid population or even on our, you know, joint private insurance pool where everyone pays for the, the care. And so you would think that, you know, it would be cost effective to mitigate radon for those who couldn't afford it. And so whether with a tax rebate program or, you know, some kind of incentives, you know, like we do with solar panels, I seem to find it hard to believe that it wouldn't pay for itself to try to decrease the, you know, death and disease, not even just to avoid the human toll and the tragedy, but also to, you know, save all the healthcare dollars that are only escalating. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And yes, when you compare just, you know, the, the dollars and cents, the cost of, of installing testing and, and treating for radon versus testing and treating for lung cancer, it's, you know, it it's, seems like it would be a, an easy decision to make. And it's something I always try to tell my patients that, you know, I know this seems like a lot of money, but think what would happen if you couldn't work. Or think what would happen if, you know, 30 years from now, your child that's grown up in your dream home is now suffering ill health effects. You know, the overall cost when you think about it in those terms is, is certainly on the order of other things that we insure for or pay for. But it's still, I think, a lot of sticker shock, especially for our patients at the lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum to think about, well, gosh, you want me to pay, you know, $2,200 plus for a something that doesn't feel real right now and I can't even smell it or see it, but just trying to make right. that danger understood, I think is really important. So thank you so much for what you do. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you, Dr. Mosen, for providing this opportunity and also for being a champion for radon and, and um, uh, providing all of this information to your colleagues and to your patients. It's, uh, it, it makes a world of difference. Anything else you want to share about radon or anything else in public health, I guess? 
Well, thank you. Um, I'll just just come back to to my my main message about radon is that you don't know uh, what the the levels of radon in your home and what your risk to lung cancer from radon is until you test. Absolutely. Testing is the first step. Yes, and uh, testing is the first step, and we, the Oregon Radon Awareness Program, is here to help you um, understand the steps that you need to take and to help answer the questions that you might have about radon. Well, thank you very much for your time. We'll be sure to include links to those resources in the show notes for this page and on the blog post. And thank you for what you do. Thank you, Dr. Mosen. We're coming to the end of the podcast. For more information about the importance of healthy air, please visit airhealthourhealth.org and follow on Instagram and Facebook. Remember, if you do nothing else, don't light things on fire and breathe them into your lungs. This applies to tobacco, diesel fuel, forests, and more. Thanks for joining me today. I am a full-time physician and not an epidemiologist or public health expert. This podcast is for your education and entertainment, but should not be interpreted as individual medical advice. Please consult with your own healthcare team to determine what is right for your health. Thank you and stay safe.